Hi everybody, this is Will and Eric, and welcome to Becoming a Task Ruler, the show about what it takes to become successful entrepreneurs for people with very little money, no experience, or friends in high places. Learn from our mistakes, benefit from our success, and walk away with a better chance of making your own dreams come true. And today, we decided to get into marketing. Um, that has been a very trying process, wouldn't you agree? <laughs> yeah, marketing is such a huge umbrella. And, you know, it has so many different spokes coming out of it. It's like this huge octopus. And you, know, you could spend a whole career studying just one of those spokes. So marketing is big. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I really thought I knew about marketing until I started like really talking to you about it. Um, there's just so much, like yeah, it's, it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> we're just now scratching the surface, you know, it's the very tip of the iceberg. And I feel like marketing is just, it's always going to evolve too. And that's the, that's the thing about marketing is you, once you think you understand it, guess what? You got to go back to the drawing board because things are a little different. You yeah. have to always stay ahead of the customer's mindset and how aware they are of what we're doing, because once they're aware it loses its effect. And I'm not saying, you know, we, we should be doing it in a dark, devious way. Um, it's none of that. It can be some of that, definitely. But um, I feel like marketing is one of those forces that could be used for good and evil. So we definitely try to use our knowledge for good and um, none of the evil stuff. But yeah, today I'm excited to be talking a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, you know, the, the, I'm glad that you brought up the whole evil and good aspect of it because um, that was one of the things for me that uh, kind of made me want to do this uh, for Task Ruler because I hated the backhanded ways of you know, getting people to opt in or feel like I'm being shady or shafty, you know, to pull money out of people. And I don't want to do that. I want to have an application that legitimately speaks to what they need mm -hmm. without having to upsell them on bullshit that they don't need. Um, I feel that the honest uh, approach hasn't been done often enough to uh, give it the credit it, it should likely deserve. Yeah. Um, but and yeah. The, the true essence though of marketing, you know, talking about good and evil. Um, and I think a lot of people lose touch with this. That's why they tend to gravitate towards the, you know, the Darth Vader side of marketing. The dark think, side. <laughs> yeah, the dark side. Um, it's because they lose touch with the core essence of marketing. And that essence is bridging the gap between customers and businesses and making sure that the right kind of customers are aware of the business. And, you know, it's, it's great if you can do it at a time that is the most needed, um, you know, the right time, the right place. That, that is always great, but that's also really hard to do. Um, and if you're a small mom and pop shop, like we are, um, you know, it's just the two of us. We are a small mom and pop shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're just getting started out, you can't approach marketing the same way a large corporation would because they have deeper pockets. They have the budget to just throw money at marketing to, to mass market to mass amounts of people. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like a difference between casting a wide net in the ocean and going to a small pond and using the right bait, the right hook, 
and just fishing in the right ponds. So depending on who you are and who you're going after, it's going to really determine how you go after marketing. So today we're going to be talking about what to do if you're just getting started and you don't really know where to start. Uh, you don't really know what to do. And uh, we can definitely give you some tips and pointers on um, all that, but also help you avoid some of the pitfalls and mistakes that we made along the way. Yeah, um, it's been gross. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we wasted a lot of money. <laughs> we, yeah. Um, and it was, it wasn't as if we were saying, yeah, we're just going to do this. It'll be fine. Like, no, we didn't realize that there were some serious downfalls with doing these things. Like we didn't even know that it existed until we did more and more research. It, it was one of those where um, you can do research in the beginning, but then um, when faced with the issue after the facts, that's when you start going down a different path and then realizing, oh, crap, we have to look after this, you know? And so a lot of these things weren't so forthcoming um, and it would have been easier to just have this information up front. So, so think of this podcast as us like talking to our kids and telling them what credit is and, you know, how life works and all this other stuff. So we're passing this knowledge on to you. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into it. Uh, the first, the first thing you need to know about marketing is that there's two kinds. There's organic and then there's paid. Um, and by that, I mean, when you, when you market yourself in your business, you can either pay for it or you can do it organically by uh, putting yourself out there like what we're doing right now by um, putting up a blog you can do that for free using wordpress by being really active on social media those are all different types of marketing and the more you put yourself out there the more content you're generating content is really important uh, there's a reason why they say content is king um, because that is what search engines need. Search engines are like these huge hungry monsters and they're constantly devouring content, new content. So if you teach search engines like Google that, hey, look at me, I'm one of those people that constantly releases content on a regular basis, they will pay attention to you because they can rely on you as a source for content. And, you know, of course it matters what kind of content you put out there, but that is actually for the people reading it. Um, so you always want to cater to two sides. You want to cater to the algorithm, the technology that's constantly on the internet looking for content, but you also want to cater to the people, the humans reading the content. And you want to make sure that what you're saying is going to resonate with them. So in order to do that, before you even market, there's actually a really crucial step that you need to do before you even start marketing. So before we talk more about marketing, I need to talk about that. And what that is, is learning who you're marketing to. Uh, because you can't market to everybody. Uh, again, if you're a small operation like ours, going after everyone is going to be super competitive and super expensive. And it would be way more cost-effective and smart to get really specific about who you're marketing to. So that's why it's really important to define in very clear terms who your audience is. Once you do that, marketing becomes a whole lot cheaper, cheaper and a whole lot easier because you're not stressing over this big, massive audience and you don't really know how to communicate with them. When you define your audience, it makes everything a lot easier. Suddenly, you know 
um, how to formulate your words. You know what special words you need to use and how you need to use them. You know, and what kind of tone you need to speak in. Like, does it need to be serious? Does it need to be funny? Do you need to be hip or do you need to sound sophisticated? You know, there are Did a lot you of just say things. hip? <laughs> yeah. Like, like oh, who are you talking you about? You 90s son of a bitch. <laughs> Like, like, do you need to be talking to like a, a teenager on TikTok or Snapchat? Or do you need to be talking to someone uh, who is in an executive office? Uh, so audience is really important. Contact. So I have a question in regards yeah. to that. So um, so you're saying, you know, to put out content, you know, frequently and stuff like that, which that's what we should be doing. Um, is it, are you trying to be a leader in a certain aspect? Or is it something that you're just, blogging or talking about in regards to your industry like how, how does that work yeah so i think personally i think it could work both ways you could be a nobody and because you've been putting so much content out there people will look at you as an authority figure or you could be an authority figure like an expert in your field and you're putting content out there and people look at you that way too um, even if you have an audience of like a, a follower base of like 10 people they will look at you as an expert because of your background um, so it could work both ways, but I feel like if your voice is the loudest, you will be seen as an authority in the field, whether or not you have that expertise. Um, how you, like how transparent you are about your expertise is another thing. You could be completely immoral about it and, and just boast at, at how much of an expert you are and secretly hide the fact that you don't know what you're talking about. There's definitely a lot of people like that out there. Um, oh, yeah. You can be you know, honest about it and say, yo, here's everything I know. Uh, by the way, I'm not an expert. This is not medical advice or anything like that. But here, here is what my experience is from my point of view. So I feel like having the knowledge is the most important factor. Uh, whether or not you can back that knowledge up with a degree or a diploma or some kind of um, accreditation, I feel, feel like it's less important. Not to say that it's not important because obviously depending on what you're talking about, it, it could be really important. Um, so I feel like if you're putting yourself out there and you're sharing good content that people like to devour and they, they find it helpful, one way or another, you're gonna become an, author, an authority, authoritative um, figure in that field that you're talking about. Okay. Um, um, go for yeah, it. Did you have another question? I was going to ask how so you have your own business as well and you're doing marketing and uh, whatnot pretty much by yourself what tactic did you decide to take on that yeah so when you're doing it by yourself um it's gonna be a grind i'm not gonna sugarcoat it you're definitely gonna be working a lot um because if you want to be on active on social media you want to make sure you're releasing something at least once a day if you really want to be competitive um, if you want to go over the top and just blow out your competition, you want to do like two or three a day. Um, the more noise, sorry, the more noise you make, the more you're going to get noticed uh, because algorithms on Facebook and Google and other social media, they need people to share content. Um, so the more content you're sharing, the better for the algorithm, but the more valuable content you're sharing, the better for your audience. So you got to play both sides really well. And you got to balance that out with the workload that you have. Like for me, running my agency, it's definitely a lot of in-business work. There is in-business work and on-business work. Um, and the difference between that is, so you know, on-business work is work you're doing to build your business. 
you know, you're actively organizing the business, you're going after, um, you know, different systems and processes and implementing them and making your business more organized and more efficient. Um, in business work is work that you could outsource to someone else. You don't have to do it yourself. You could simply hire a salesman. You could simply hire a social media expert. Um, so having the time to do in-business work like marketing and social media is something we're all going to struggle with because we need to balance out our time between you know the things that we need to do to build our business and the things we need to do to promote our business. Um, so I. I have a schedule. I like to time box my schedule. And that means I like to have certain times a day where I do certain things. That way I'm not jumping back and forth between different kinds of things all day long because on average we lose like 15 minutes every time we need to switch tasks. So why do you say why do you say 15 minutes though? Like does it is it like a um a gear change or something or yeah, like there's a transitionary period between when you're hyper focused on one task and you're hyper focused on the other. You have to put down the thing you're working on mentally and physically, and then pick up the other thing you're working on mentally and physically. So you're getting out of the zone for one and in the zone for the other. And on average, it takes like 15 minutes to switch over. So you're wasting a lot of time going back and forth between things. Um, even when you have it up in, in front of you, like say you have like a really super wide monitor screen and it's constantly open. Yeah, you're gonna save time, it's just an average, but you're still wasting time switching between tasks. Um, switching between emails and then working on a website and then picking up phone calls and then it's, it's just a lot of switching so you want to find a time that works for you to work on social media stuff and that becomes your sole social media time block and you can't be distracted by anything if an email comes in you know forget about the email forget about calls you're just focused on cranking out social media posts and, you know, there's a lot of ways you could save time on doing that. Um, you know, there are a lot of tools out there that help you release posts to multiple social media accounts at the same time. Currently, we're using Canva, and that seems to be working really well. It also gives you the ability to create the graphics for it, so that's pretty convenient. And that's why we actually got it, was to create the graphics for yeah. it. We were using uh, an application called Buffer, which was pretty cool for scheduling and stuff. Um, but it didn't, I was missing a way to style the posts and stuff like that. Yeah. And so um, I was gonna look into Canva just to do that alone, but then I also realized that, oh, they also do scheduling. So I switched to that and it's been pretty awesome. Yeah, if you don't have any design skills whatsoever, Canva is a great option because there are lots of different templates to choose from and you can just customize them to your heart's content. Or if you are a designer, you just don't have the time, you wanna be more efficient, um, you know, it, it, you're gonna be even better at it than you know the everyday kind of folks so canva is not supporting this podcast yeah we're just we're, very excited not being paid to promote canva is just a tool we really like so far yeah it's a really great tool yeah we'll check in with you guys in a few episodes to let you know if we still like canva <laughs> yeah if you hear like once we go to a commercial us talking about canva at that point yeah they're paying us but right now they're, they're <laughs> they have no idea we exist but yeah there is a lot of work that needs to be done even when you're doing it by yourself you just have to find little ways to Hack productivity and be more efficient. Um, but yeah, if you're working by yourself and you don't have the budget to hire someone else to do the work for you, definitely start with social media. Social media is going to be your very first step in starting your business and marketing your business. You want to be on Facebook, you want to be on Instagram, and you also want to know where your customers are because depending on who your customers are, they may be more active on LinkedIn or they may be more active on YouTube. So again, going back to knowing who your customers are, 
is going to be the first step in everything you do. Um, so going back to my earlier advice, um, know who you're talking to, know your audience. It's going to be super important. It's going to save you a lot of money down the road because you're not going to be wasting a lot of money marketing to people that don't even want your product. Um, so that's when something called personas comes in handy. A persona is a personified version of your audience. So if you take your whole audience, say, for example, you sell um, dining tables. I'm just making that up. Uh, then you want to know what kind of person buys your kind of dining table. Cornelius. And, that's his name. I, I made up his I said his name is Cornelius. That's his, that's the profile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once you come up with who that person is, how old they are, are they married or not? Where do they live? What kind of habits do they have? Um, where do they shop the most? What's their social security number? I'm just kidding about that last one. We don't well, yeah. Well, <laughs> we don't tell them all the secrets, dude. Yeah. It's just very high level, but you know, detailed enough to tell you a little bit more about who you're marketing to. And then once you figure all that out, you can give that a name, in which case, you know, we give an ours Cornelius. So we know that Cornelius likes to buy dining tables that are made of 100%, uh, you know. Thermo resin. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an improv class. <laughs> Thermo resin, and it's made with, you know, epoxy, and it looks like blowing lava, all that stuff. And that's the kind of table you sell. So you want to know where that person is. Are they active on social media or not? You find out that, oh, this person is very active on Facebook, they love to shop at places like Etsy and things like that. So once you know information like this, it makes it a lot easier for you to market because now you can get really specific about where you, you're marketing and how you format your marketing. Um, instead of saying something like, um, if you need a dining table, check us out at blah, blah, blah.com, like um, which is very generic. You could say something very specific, like um, if, you're looking for high quality epoxy tables at a affordable budget, you know, find us at whatever.com. And, and, you know, just by speaking a little bit more to who that customer is and what they're looking for, will do so much for your marketing that you'll, you'll see that you're getting a, a better return on your investment with marketing. And, you know, the same goes for organic marketing. If you're doing social media, instead of just um, putting out posts to everybody, you can put out more specific posts that speak to your audience what kind of problems they have, how you solve those problems, and what you can offer to make their lives better. So knowing who your audience is a really, really important step. Do not skip that step uh, before you start marketing. Everything else will become a lot easier. So uh, in regards to you know marketing, um, I hate being on social media. I know it's the thing to do. Like Everything is out there. You can do it for free, kind of. Um, but having to consistently post this might be a gen x thing i don't know but i find it daunting i i'm not an avid facebooker or an instagrammer or tiktok or any of that what do you say to someone who is like me suck it up your audience like if you find out your audience is very active online you are doing yourself and your business a disservice by not being active online there's just no way around it um you're gonna have to find a way to make it easier um you know even if it means not doing once a day but doing it once a week there's gotta be a middle ground in there somewhere 
mm-hmm. that you know is a fit for your schedule and your level of participation with social media. Um, but yeah, if you don't, if you're not active online, you're losing out on a potentially game-changing avenue of marketing for your business. And it could be the thing you need all along. If you're avoiding it and you're struggling, it could be the reason why you're struggling. Mm -hmm. Um, So going on social media, building an audience is going to be important to every business. Even if you find that your business has an audience that isn't active on social media. Like if you do your persona research and you create your persona and you find out that, you know, because I'm in the um, hardware business, that, you know, my audience are like 40 plus and they're hardly ever on computers. They're, they're camera people, not mouse people. Um, you know, they're mostly out there in the real world. You they're probably hammering need, their mouse. <laughs> yeah. You still need to be on social media because if you don't have an online presence, you're missing out on the minority of folks who are online because it's not going to be 100% one way or the other. It's never that black and white. Um, so having a presence online is going to help you, even if it's not going to help you right now, it will help you down the road. And I would say having that history, having an, a, uh, a user, a decent amount of followers on your social media will help you for when you eventually get to the point that you need to start paying attention to social media. Because by that point, you've already done a couple of years of work on your social media accounts and you don't have to start from scratch, which could take a really long time. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say no matter who you are, focus on having some kind of online presence, uh, especially on social media. So I would like to add to this. Um, so I started doing blogs. Well, okay, I, I'll say it more so like this. Uh, about last year around this time, Eric and, hi- Eric and I hired this company to do our blogging, our posting and stuff. And they flat out sucked. I mean, they were horrible. Um, it took them too long to give us content. And the content that they gave us was sound, it sounded like, or it read like it came from a first grader. Um, and it was consistently going back and forth, back and forth on it. Um, and Eric was my uh, shield in regards to that. He was the one dealing with it. But it got to the point where I said, you know what? I can probably do this myself. And so our, um, our task ruler site um, is on WordPress, right? WordPress. Yep. And they have a, what do you call them? A plugin, plugin for, yeah. yeah, for, for blogging. And I gave it a shot. And honestly, I did better than those guys that we hired. Yeah. So um, real quick, WordPress is a blogging tool, but I think the plugin you're talking about is Yoast. Or- yes. Yes. Yoast. So Yoast was this tool that took everything that I typed uh, and gave me a score on it based on SEO uh, and naming and uh, transition words and stuff like that. And my first blog that I put out there was a lot better than what we paid for last year. So you can definitely do these things yourself. You don't have to pay somebody to do it. Uh, Even if your vernacular, your, your vocabulary is not all like up to par, that's okay. You can use this application or this plugin and it will help you become a good blogger uh, or a great one at that. Um, which reminds me, I need to get back into doing that. Uh, I have a few sitting there waiting for me that I need to post. Uh, but 
during his time, uh, Eric and I had to roll up our sleeves and do a decent amount of it ourselves. Um, are we good at it? Eric is. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there. Um, but it's not, it's not hard and it's not out of reach. Yeah. Uh, if you truly do care about the application or the product or service that you're creating or making, then you'll definitely put in the time and effort for this. Yeah. You'll end up taking it seriously. This will become second nature to you. You just have to be consistent. With it. Right. Yeah. Consistency is the key to getting noticed. So once you become active on social media or uh, blog website or blogging, whatever it is that you want to do, you have to stay consistent with it because the minute you lose that momentum, uh, the algorithm stops paying attention to you. Mm -hmm. So you need that momentum to work for you and you need to be consistent to, to have people and algorithms pay attention to you and stay focused on you. So get started, um, commit to at least once a week or if it's blogging at the very minimum, once a month. And um, just talk about your product. Like you don't really have to share eye-opening, um, you know, value pack, although it does help to do that. But, you know, just talk about your product, share your experience, share how much you love it, how much you think it's going to help your customers and what it can do for, for them. I feel like that's what people need. And when they're searching for something to help them with whatever problem they're looking for, they will stumble upon your blog post and by doing so, they will stumble upon your business. So that's why blogging is really important. Um, and there's a whole lot more we talk about with blogging. Uh, that, that right there opens the door to another tentacle of marketing, which is SEO or search engine optimization for short. <clears throat> search engine optimization is basically the, the manipulation of content to better appease the content gods, which, you know, in this case is Google. Google, um, Bing, Yahoo, <laughs> yeah. uh, freaking Facebook, um, all of it, yeah. Yeah, their, their algorithms are designed to look for certain things. And when you know what those things are and can use those to your advantage, you can outperform other sites that aren't using those advantages and be placed number one in a list of 3 million. I mean, if you're on page two of Google, there's a joke in the SEO world. It says, where do you hide a dead body? On page two of Google. Like that's how, <laughs> <laughs> that's how very many people go to page two. So <laughs> you definitely you just start to page two and start all bloody. <laughs> yeah, you definitely want to use as many advantages um, to get your post noticed. And you know, we could do a whole episode on SEO. That alone is a whole career. Um, there are definitely career, um, sorry, there are definitely SEO experts who have spent a lifetime getting good at SEO. So don't worry about becoming an expert yourself. You know, as a business owner, you don't wanna be the expert because eventually what you wanna do as the owner is alleviate that job and not have to do that job anymore. You just wanna get good enough to get to a certain point and then you know, give that job to someone else. Um, yep. Because, you know, as an owner, you should never be wearing multiple hats. You, you want to be focused on growing the business. And I know in the beginning, it's going to be tough because you're going to have to wear those hats. But um, yeah, just know a little about SEO. And actually, you don't even need to go to courses or anything like that. If you follow Yoast's recommendation, you know, the plugin for WordPress, that alone 
will teach you what you need to know about SEO. But every time you write a blog post and you add it to WordPress, Yoast will actually give you some recommendations on what you can do to improve the performance of that article. So just keep following those um, recommendations and over time they will become second nature. And before you know it, you become your own SEO expert. Well, not only that, it also helped me um, with things I didn't understand. Like it, it, it helped me put to words something I was looking for. Like transition words isn't something that is in my daily vocabulary. Like if you said that to me, I would have no idea what you're talking about. But they go in and explain what those are. And as I'm reading them, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a whole, uh, what was it, dictionary of what you should be doing in certain uh in certain situations so definitely check them out they're also great again not someone that's sponsoring this podcast so we're just mm-hmm. letting you know this yeah. is just a good tool um so to recap uh eric how would you sum up everything that we just talked about what if i came up to you and said what should i do as far as marketing goes first thing i'll ask you is who are you marketing to um, you got to be able to answer that question first before you start with marketing. So step one, know your audience. Get to know who they are, where they live, what they do, or maybe not where they live, or what city. Oh, where they live. <laughs> yeah. Buy binoculars <laughs> and study them. Take notes. What city or geographical location your audience is at, because that determines where you want to market. You know, just get to know your audience. And then number two, you know, based on where you're at in your business and how much capital you have, um, definitely start with social media and, you know, that's free. Yeah, it's free. That's something you can do if you have capital or not. Um, in fact, you know, even startups with funding start with social media. So even, even people with money will start with social media, but that tells you, you know, how important it is. Um, but once you start with social media, you then move on to organic traffic. And that is with blogging, um, video blogging, um, anything you can do to generate content for search engines will be great. Um, and that is SEO. So first you want to do personas, then you want to do social media, then you want to do SEO. You do, you start off in that order. And once you get to a certain stage where you have an audience, you have revenue coming in, you have money to burn, then you can start thinking about paid advertisement. After you've really, you've done really well with, um, organic search through SEO, then you can start thinking about, all right, you know what, let me put up some Facebook ads or some Google ads or, you know, ads on uh, podcasts or anywhere your audience is at and start paying for the ad because then you're working, you're using it to supplement an organic source of income. Uh, you never want to rely solely on paid advertisement because the problem with paid advertisement is yes, it works right away. Organic traffic takes time to build up, but it's a lot more stable and long lasting. Paid advertisement is expensive and short lived. The second you stop, putting money into those ads, the traffic stops. Well, so, remember, so I think we mentioned this in our first or second episode. Remember when we did some um, paid advertising yeah. and how we found out that there were bots that were clicking yeah. on our oh, links okay. and wasting our money? Yeah, that's a whole other episode. You know, that's, yeah, I'm just saying, you know, like yeah, that, gotta, that is a thing. You guys gotta be really careful with paid ads. It could be a huge money sunk like it was for us because... 80% of the people clicking our, on our ads were spam clicks, um, just, you know, click farms in India and Pakistan. They were just, you know, just rooms full of computers 
designed. And we're not just saying that. those countries. They, they actually did come from those countries. Yeah, they came from all over the world. And it was just awful. They ran our ass down and we had to implement so many different things to, to avoid from that, that from happening. But by that time, we had spent so much money on our ads. So that's, that's another reason to focus on organic search first. Right. Um, but yeah, once you take care of those things, I feel like you're, you're ready to you know, scale your marketing efforts once you lay down that solid foundation. So tune in next week at 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 11 a.m. Pacific Standard. If you enjoyed the podcast and would like to support our journey, please share and follow us on all social media accounts. Just look for Task Ruler. And if you're interested in learning about Task Ruler and how we can help you make, market, and manage your business, head over to taskruler.com and sign up for a 14-day trial. Also, our first 300 subscribers are eligible to become a founding member, which comes with lifetime benefits, exclusive offers, and best of all, your rate never changes no matter how much we grow. Well, thanks for listening to Becoming a Task Ruler. Once again, I'm William Fretz. And I'm Eric Alves. And we'll catch you on the next episode.